0: win some money along the way. So be sure to subscribe to the Ringer Gambling feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win and the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings
1: and eligibility vary by state. Two extra points taken. Shield from body here, joined by Ben Solak. It is championship weekend. Four teams left. Two headed to Vegas, two going home. We will talk about those games, plus a pair of head coaching hires. Since we last spoke earlier in the week, we will lead the show with that Jim Harbaugh of the Chargers, Dave Canales to the Carolina Panthers. Picks, props, long shots. I mean, we got a lot to get to, Solak. How we doing? Oh, it's, it is conference champion. This is the last like week
0: of the NFL season, right? Super Bowl week is like special. this different than everything. This is the last like regular tempo. Do your come? Do your peace comes out Wednesday. I pot is everything. This is the sayonara to like regular NFL 2023 season. Could not have come sooner. Gosh,
1: I'm exhausted, <laughs> but I'm excited. Then we get the fun off season. All right, let's get to it. No, no need to waste time here. Let's talk about these coaching hires. Let's start with the big one. Los Angeles. Chargers hire Jim Harbaugh. We talked about it earlier in the week. One of my takes on the Monday show was that I'm in. Present. I'm in on Jim Harbaugh going to the Los Angeles Chargers. And now Jim Harbaugh is actually going to the Los Angeles Chargers. So why am I in on it? One, Jim Harbaugh is a fun character to have more in my life. Not that I don't watch college football, but I mean, think about it. Like a Monday in week six Solak next year, I can just be firing off Jim Harbaugh takes. Like that's good for content. I'm um, team content. He's won everywhere he's gone, 44, 19 and one in four seasons with the 49ers did not have a losing record. even when it went bad, bad was eight and eight. Bad wasn't like two and 14 and that's very rare. goes to Michigan, gets over the hump, beat Ohio State, win the national championship uh, this year, knows how to coach a winning football team. Players seem to like him and you know embrace his his quirkiness, should we call it? Uh, I like that. I like his eye for talent, you know that he, he's had some good coaches on that michigan staff uh in terms of coaching talent so that's been good so i think if you're a chargers fan like this is as good as you could have hoped for right you got jim harbaugh you got justin herbert on paper it's nice i'm not telling you that it's definitely going to work because if you're a chargers fan listening to this you're going how are they going to screw this up how is this not going to work but i think it's Mm -hmm. a it's a fun combination i think it gives you a chance for big time upside and i'm in on it where do you stand
0: yeah Director of, of social video on the podcast, Eduardo Ocampo is a Chargers fan. We were chatting in the pre-show. And he did exactly what you said, where I was like, Hey, how are you feeling about Harbaugh? And he was like, I'm not getting too excited. All right, number one. And Cliff called him out. Cliff was like, it's Harbon, Herbert. You gotta get excited. And he goes, Okay, yeah, fine, fine, I'm excited. But Ben, what do you think if they hire Greg Roman as OC? It's like, e- Eduardo, you gotta you gotta love it, babe. You gotta live. Come on. Now enjoy. you got Harbaugh, you gotta feel it, you, gotta, you gotta enjoy it. Yes, if Greg Roman is handed the keys to the offense, I will have some concerns. However, you made the good point. Harbaugh generally does a really good job filling out his staff. And while Greg Roman in 2024 is kind of the butt of the Lamar Jackson joke, Greg Roman in 2013 was like, I'm going to run the pistol. And the NFL was like, what? Like, like that, Like at the time, like this was a big deal, right? And so I, I, it's less about- How about 2019?
1: But... Five years ago. I mean, they had one of the Ravens had an amazing offense. Like you look at all sure, the numbers. I'm, I'm yeah.
0: referring to when Harbaugh brought gotcha, Roman okay. in, right? Yeah, to yeah. the NFL, right? It was- they were doing Colin Kaepernick, Nevada pistol sure. stuff, and they were doing options type of heavy personnel. And so to me, it's more so Harbaugh's got an eye for good schemers and good coaches, less Harbaugh takes Greg Roman everywhere he goes. Uh, and so I think overall, you you feel good, like you said, about his ability to fill out a staff. Uh, I'm really interested to see the hires, though. That that He has not been in the NFL for a long time, right? Michigan 2015, when he took that job. And so is he going to exclusively from Baltimore. That's what they've been making kind of their general manager uh, interviews right now. has been from his brother. Is it going to be Jesse Minter, the DC at Michigan comes and joins me in the NFL? What What's his current network? That does really interest me because I don't know what it is just yet. We haven't seen him take a new job in a long time and he's making the college to the NFL jump. I wrote last year about how I personally, I don't think I would ever hire a coach college out of the NFL. Harbaugh is the exception that proves that rule because he tends to be good at kind of code switching the schemes and, and figure out who's got the mind for what. We'll see how he does with LA.
1: Yeah, I think actually more important than the staff, like I think he'll do a fine job with the staff. We'll see. I'm very interested in who the personnel person is coming in because, you know, you're at Michigan. All right, you're you're picking, you're literally picking all the players. You're recruiting players that you want to come in. Uh, and they join your team in San Francisco. That thing got real ugly with him and Trent Balky, you know, even when they were winning games, but certainly uh, when they were losing games there at the end. So it's got to be someone I don't want to say it's got to be someone he knows. You know, that's why I floated the Ravens thing out last week. Like if it's someone who his brother is vouching for that, no, 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 like this is a good person. You will work well with this person. Something like that would make sense. If it's someone who he's got no background with and doesn't know, then it's like, well, We'll see. And I don't think we know the details of the contract. Like, does Jim Harbaugh have final say on the 53-man roster? Does he have, uh, you know, final say on personnel decisions? Is that totally out of his control? And that's going to all go to the GM. So we kind of have to get details on what the setup's going to be. But, listen, there's always, like, there's going to be potential for it to, you know, blow up at some point. But, you know, look at, I like to look at everything in life and, like, you know, Two to three years. You know, you don't have to, like, when you're making big uh, decisions, you don't have to commit 10. To like, look at it like a car lease. You know what I mean? You don't have to commit to it uh, for a decade here. So, I think for the next two to three years, if you're a Chargers fan, there is some hope. This is better than I think what the alternatives might have been. So, there you go. We'll see how they, they do have work with that roster. That's why I'm pointing to the personnel stuff. Like, it's not like come in and win a Super Bowl right away. I do think they could be competitive right away. Like, they could make the playoffs next year. Uh, no doubt about it. But, they're gonna need some tweaks to that roster yeah. after the last several years. The number
0: one bar for my twenty twenty four Chargers evaluation is are are you, Harbaugh, and whomever you fill out for that personnel staff, are you do you understand what you need to put around Herbert? Because the previous staff can never get there, right? The previous staff was like, Look at all these big bodies. And it was like, dude, the guy can throw it a football field. Like, you need to be able to create vertical space. You need to be able to stretch and take advantage of what you've got here. The other thing is that they they did not handle protection the way they needed to the old staff and a guy with Herbert who like loves to stand in there, take a shot and throw the ball. Like you want to kind of protect him from his worst self and say, all right, if our guy's going to hang back there in the pocket and grip and rip it, like we have to have a legit pass protection plan because otherwise he's going to hurt himself. And we've seen that with Herbert. He takes shot after shot and he's playing on bad ribs and whatever. Understand your guy and build around him. That's the number one thing. If they're six and 11, 11 and six or anywhere in between, I want to feel like they know what they've got in Justin and that they have an idea for what he's supposed to look like.
1: I want to feel good about Herbert improving, saying, all right, we saw so much potential first couple of years, uh, and you know we, we, we don't need to get into a big Herbert uh, conversation here. We'll have plenty of offseason to do that. But <laughs> I want it to be like, ooh, they are getting the best version out of this guy. Or, ooh, he's doing things that we did not see him do the last two years, that kind of thing. So there you go. All right. Other big hire, Carolina Panthers hire Dave Canalis, I know, uh, I know, I'm getting old because now, like all these, you know, coaches are getting hired. And I'm like, oh, I covered a team where this guy was, uh, you know, the wide receivers coach, which is literally the case uh, with me and Dave Canalis when I was in Seattle. He was the wide receivers coach for Pete Carroll. So, first time offensive coordinator this past year with the Tampa Bay Bucs. Previously was Pete Carroll's guy. Got his foot in the door with Pete Carroll at USC. Then coached with the Seahawks for many years there in a variety uh, of different roles, wide receivers coach, quarterbacks coach, passing game coordinator with the Seattle Seahawks, then went to Tampa last year. And listen, uh, I will I will use my catchphrase, more with less. Did he get more with less with that Bucks offense? I would say yes. I mean, I thought that Bucks offense was going to suck. Anyone could have had Baker Mayfield last offseason. That was their quarterback. It was kind of a bridge year. And I thought they did some nice things. They had some really nice flashes to the point where Kind of resurrected uh baker's Baker mayfield's career uh, in a way, so uh, I think that's a good sign if you were you know hanging in there with Bryce Young, like I am, the head coach is going to be the one voice in his here the guy the guy designing the offense. I don't know if he'll be the guy uh, calling the offense, but uh, I do wonder, like you know we talked about that Panthers job before how what was the pool of candidates like? That were like, yes, yep. I want to go coach or be the GM for David Tepper. I think that's a that's a fair question. You know, Canalis. Uh, I think some people maybe thought maybe he's a year away. He does the interviews this year, and then it's a head that's coach next year. That's what I thought year. for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought mean, he was what on what the Ben like.
0: Johnson time time right. Program. No question was my yeah. idea.
1: Yeah, but now he's a head coach right away. So I think if you're a Panthers fan, I would be like cautiously like, okay, I sort of feel good about this with canales but i still have questions because of my owner i think that's where i'd be at if i were a panthers fan i think you are a big big Canalis fan right
0: yeah over the course of the season it just became clear and clear like this guy gets it uh in terms of like how, making mike evans work right and, and and finding ways to maximize mike evans like it it's dumb to say making mike evans works it's mike evans right but you go and you watch that last staff or the byron Leftwich staff and it's just like all right well mike's all and runs down the field like nine ball nine ball post vertical ball. And they're like, no, like we can use Mike as a regular receiver. Like, we can run him on well real routes and like, actual route running and breaking stuff and get him yak opportunities. Like Mike is complete for us. There's, there's an ag- acknowledgement of just like smart ways to use players. You don't kind of pigeonhole guys. Uh, a lot has been said, and rightfully so, about how Baker played fast under Canales. And I think that that's a pretty good sign that he understands how to make the quarterback's eyes right, how, it make it, how to make the quarterback comfortable, feel empowered in the offense, because Baker notoriously... Not playing fast, likes to hold on to the football, likes to take his sacks and, and run around back there. That was not the Baker that we saw in Tampa. Uh, and then, like, obviously, Chris Godwin, like, a little bit of a quieter end of the season. OK, but in general, like, the ancillary pieces with Rashad White and Kate Otten and Trey Palmer, like, they found creative ways to get those guys involved. It wasn't the most stacked uh, uh, unit there. And so, Canales, like, is an iteration on an iteration on an iteration, right? He's on the sh- under Shane Waldron, right. and then but he had other experience, and then that from McVay and everything. It's incorrect to say that he's running like the McVay system. He's got a nice motley crew to him. He's got a nice, I've pulled some things from some different places. And that leads you to believe that, all right, like he, he's got a sharp offensive mind on him. Now, in, in Carolina, I'm not sure he can run what he ran for Baker. Because I don't know if you can, like, I don't know if you can do that with Bryce in terms of like the amount of under center stuff. Uh, I, I, Bryce has always just been like a shotgun RPO quarterback because he wants to be able to see it kind of develop in front of him. He doesn't want to turn his back uh the quick game stuff like from the gun is they the bucks didn't really rely on that too much um it's interesting i don't think his his system translates over one to one but i also don't think Canales is, I mean, is, is, is a guy i think canalis is a sharp attack is a, sharp, uh, a smart cookie and when he talks man like
1: I'll yeah that's and, what i was gonna yeah. say he- He's yeah. got that. Now, maybe we're suckers, right? Because we're like, you know, media. And oh, oh, this is I was about cool, to say, I'm 100% yeah, a sucker for this. Yeah, me too. It's like, you know, a clip circulates on social media. It's like, wow, this guy's actually willing to explain sort of what he's thinking here. Mm-hmm. That's how oh, I love this guy. You know, I, I do think, though, he has that like, or I, I do think he will be sort of an easy to get along with leader, likable. He's got that Pete Carroll positive energy, uh, you know, ask, not, not Pete Carroll's energy. Nobody has that, but you know, that, that's sort of his, like it, the way uh, about Dave Canales. So I, I always like that. You know, I, I think that's good. I think players will take to that, but yeah, when he explains it, he's, he, he speaks very much to what you're talking about. He's not like my system, my scheme. He's sort of like, well, what's the yeah. defense doing? What do I have to work with? And as I write in my guidelines for hiring an NFL head coach, everybody says that, that they don't have a scheme and they'll adjust to what the players do. But how many coaches are actually able to do that? Well, that separates the good coaches uh, from the bad coaches. And so we'll see if uh, he's able yeah. to work that out there.
0: The other thing I, I from what uh, people have said about is secondhand stuff, but they say like the energy and the, the vibes are high. They, you know, like obviously he spent a lot of time under Pete and, and, you know, he knows the value of, 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 bringing a smile to the table and whatever. But from what I've seen from him and what a lot of people have said, like, he just seems like the sort of guy that you're like, all right. Players want to be around. Like this is a this is a, a a fun dude. I don't think we're we're in danger of an Arthur Smithing over his time in Carolina. Who knows? Frank Reich, man. Frank Reich walked in a pretty pleasant man in Carolina, and eleven weeks turned him into a dark soul.
1: Yeah. He was not having a good time. If um, Dave but, Canales Reich, looks like yeah. Frank Reich at the end of his first season, yeah, that know. would be a bad bald sign. beard and, and the shattered <laughs> eyes. Not good. Uh,
0: uh, but I think we'll be all right in that regard.
1: Breaking news here. No from, way. From Kiera. Wait, don't look. Don't look in the chat. Okay. I did you look, look in the chat? Don't look. Until no, the I haven't again. looked. Okay. Thank you for it to for dropping this in. Second pod in a row. Last time we had a Gosh, coaching hire. pod constantly. And you asked me and I got it wrong. I did not think Brian Callahan was the Titans coach. Now we have a hiring in Atlanta. Ben's oh, this finally. Atlanta got is done. Yeah, they, they've interviewed, 400 <laughs> they interviewed 14 people. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to do the same thing. Now it's a bit. All right, Ben Solak. You have three guesses about who the new Falcons head coach is. What do you got? All right. I
0: don't think it if it was Bill Belichick, you would have contained yourself like this. But obviously the <laughs> first guess, the first guess I have to give. Shefter no, Schefter said earlier today, he was like, Belichick's running out of steam there. So I'm not guessing Belichick. I'm passing over Belichick. Wow. Maybe that'll look dumb. Okay. Okay. I'm trying to remember I, they've interviewed basically everybody. I'm trying to remember who they've had for Do You want me interviews. to try Can't to find a list here? Can't be saying anybody who's who's active. I'm gonna start with uh, Bobby Slowick.
1: Bobby Slowick is incorrect. Oh, all oh, right, no Bobby. This is fun. It's much more fun to be the guy asking the question than the guy guessing.
0: Okay, if I were Arthur Blank, <laughs> I wouldn't do Dan Quinn. I uh, can't hire anybody. Dan Quinn?
1: Dan Quinn was already their coach, Ben. Yeah. Come on. I get know. it together here. I, Stop cracking under I'm, the pressure.
0: I, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> running through the names in my head of dudes who are actually available. How is the Times
1: got? of India, the first Google search? Is this just because it's me? I, I Google Falcons head coaching search interviews and Times of India, which I don't, know, I would read, I don't read, uh, is the first link. I mean, that's weird to me. Sorry, I'm trying to buy time for you. Go ahead.
0: No, I appreciate it. <laughs> um, dude, it, this is I, I. got at least a list. I don't have a list right now, so I can't remember anybody who's up for these jobs. All right, so um, okay, know, Bill
1: Belichick. I'll guess Bill Belichick. No, not Bill okay. Belichick. Oh for two. Oh no for two. Um,
0: they interviewed Vrabel yesterday. I'm tempted to say Vrabel, but the Vrabel Arthur Smith thing feels weird to me. I don't know if they would do it.
1: <sighs> All right, Vrabel. Final answer. Incorrect. It is Raheem Morris. Oh, that's awesome. Is your that's new excellent. Atlanta Fal- Falcons head coach? The guy who was getting endorsements from Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan. I've heard Mike Tomlin say Raheem Morris is the best football coach I've ever been around. Players, right? Jalen Ramsey going to bat uh, for the guy. So, Raheem Morris, uh, who obviously, when he was very young, uh, coached the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm-hmm. for, let's see, how many seasons was that? That was for one, two, three seasons. Yeah, three. Uh, three seasons coached the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, during that time, Tampa went 17 and 31. That was when he was 33, 34, and 35 years old. Then I guess he had an interim um, interim stint with the Falcons in 2020. Okay, I think I forgot about that. At an interim yeah. stint with the Falcons in 2020. So he well, it, it's funny because I was building. thinking about
0: the Dan I was thinking about the Dan Quinn staff. I was like, okay, like it wasn't Dan Quinn. And my head was like, Raheem Morris was also on that staff, but then I didn't say it.
1: Yeah, he was there from 2015 to 2020. Uh so they're obviously familiar with him there. He's now forty-seven years old. Uh, I like this. He seemed like a guy to me that deserved another shot here over the past couple seasons. I'm not telling you it's a home run and it's definitely going to work out, but he's been a good defensive coordinator. He's coached under very good coaches. He's been, you know, like like we just said, I mean, Tomlin, McVeigh, like these guys all vouch for him, players vouch for him. And uh, I think you need a nice, like fresh voice in Atlanta where they've got some talent. We'll see how they use it. We'll see what they do at quarterback. But, uh, this is a move that makes sense to me. This isn't like a rush into a, Hey, we got to win a super bowl next year type of move. This is like a, Hey, let's hire someone and let's try to get some sustained success in here, which has been eluding us. So that is my initial reaction to Raheem Morris in Atlanta.
0: Yeah. I'm happy Raheem got a job. That makes sense. Raheem has coached a good defense in Detroit, uh, in Los Angeles, excuse me for a while with like weird pieces changing over time.
1: Talk just, about more with less right yeah. this year. Yeah. I mean, we couldn't name right. anybody on that defense when the season started.
0: I was literally about to do the, like, do we want to talk about the Kobe Durant snaps? <laughs> right. Do we want to talk about, uh, they got the safety with the funny last name, Russ yeast. There it is. Russ yeast. Uh, I like they got dudes, right. They're throwing cats out there. Rose booms out there. They're trying to figure stuff out. Uh, and he's, I think done right, a really nice coaching job overall where, uh, remember he inherited that unit from Staley and they were kind of, they were like, Raheem come in for the culture and for the the player aspect of this, right? The way they you connect with the guys, but also can you just run the Staley stuff? And he was like, yeah. And then after a few weeks, he was like, no. And then they, 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 and they, they, they incorporated some of it and they kept some of it, but they largely moved to like more traditional kind of defensive approaches. And, and he integrated that pretty well. And, and, and you saw the fruit of that in the, in the 2021 season and then going on from there. And so it's not like his defensive numbers are going to look like, oh, like, you know, if you hired Jim Schwartz, it'd be like, yeah, the best defense ever. Like, it's not that, but he the more with less theorem, I think, really, really applies to him. Uh, and then, like, I like the head coaching experience. I don't, I, I don't mind retreads at all, especially when it's like a, he got it so young with Tampa. Right. Where he probably was a little bit over his skis. It's nice to have a guy who knows what the chair feels like, knows what the podium feels like. And, and you can just expect, again, talking about Atlanta, what they're coming off of, a level of professionalism. Right? Uh, a level of, of, of organization and, and team direction that's probably good uh, from Raheem Morris. And like the vibes are great because Raheem was great when he was there, right? Like everybody loved him when he was there. It was just they couldn't get over the hump with, with Dan Quinn and, and when, once Shanahan left that staff. And so overall, I think it's a great hire. I know that there was, there was a very, very vocal support for Raheem to get a job and there was a lot of suspicion and, and, and doubt that he would actually get one in this cycle. And so good for him.
1: All right. I have to, we have to go out of order here, Dolak, because. I just It it would not make sense for me to not just do my Monday morning storyline now. You don't have to do it, but I'm going to do it because it directly relates to this. And my Monday morning storyline was going to be Bill Bill Belichick's not getting a job. Might not have a seat at the table. And look at this now, Ben. We got two open jobs in the NFL as we record this, the Seattle Seahawks and the Washington Commanders. Can I read you the list of, of potential head coaching candidates that are still out there with two jobs left? Bill Belichick, who the Falcons were the only team he interviewed with. Mike freaking Vrabel does not have a job with the Seahawks and commanders left. Mike McDonald, who I thought might be like the best head coaching candidate yeah. on the market. Ravens fans, you might be getting Mike McDonald back next season, which wow, that would be huge for the Baltimore Ravens. Detroit Lions. Detroit. Fans, you might be getting Ben Johnson back. As your offensive coordinator, which I mean, that would be so huge for that Detroit Lions team. He's still out there. And then you have other names like Dan Quinn, who I don't know. Is he going to get that Seahawks job? And Bobby Slower, Texans fans. You Aaron Glenn more. also. Aaron Glenn. Yeah. Uh, slowick you might get offensive coordinator back. Aaron Glenn in Detroit. So this has been really interesting. There have been some surprises. I didn't necessarily think a guy like Callahan, uh, a guy like canalis I didn't think, no, they were going to snatch these jobs. With Mike Rabel, Bill Belichick out there, (laughs) like I thought those guys were going to get two of the jobs uh, there. So that was my Monday morning storyline. And what happens if Bill Belichick? It doesn't sound like he's going to get one of these jobs. Uh, I mean, that's the most interesting story in the NFL. Bill freaking Belichick. Is you, what's he going to do, TV? Is he going right. to go coach Navy? Is he going to go coach high school? Is, is he going to be an advisor for a team? Hop what is this pod, man going to do next? Hop He's 72 pod. years old. Unbelievable. Three-man, three-man game. Get on the show. Game. Extra point taken. Oh, come on. He, exclusively he can't keep special up with te-
0: these takes. Come on. Exclusively <laughs> special teams DVOA <laughs> talk with Shield for Bill Belichick there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say it's more likely than not Bill doesn't get a job in, in, in this cycle. Like, I, I don't, I don't see him taking it. Seattle commanders feel extremely to me like they're sitting on ben johnson right but, like that's been the tea leaves and they already a hired a
1: gm yeah so that's yeah. not like totally open they have a gm so right. you're not is that and guy so gonna want to hire the, him
0: yeah in the worlds where ben johnson takes seattle i think washington tilt into bill belichick is not impossible but you need to get to that world first we don't know if we're gonna get there detroit man win this ball game keep those coaches for another two weeks, make Washington and Seattle sweat this thing out, win this ball game this weekend, and and, and if, if at least one of the two jobs closes, you can be positive you're returning at least one of the two coordinators. That is a good feeling. As a Philadelphia Eagles fan, that is a nice, comforting feeling. Uh, so w- important game to win for a lot of reasons, uh, but the coordinators here, uh, adding on top being one of them, yeah, I would say I'd, I'd be shocked if Bill gets a job, and at this point, I don't think Rabel's getting a job either. Now, a year off, like, I think more coaches should take the year off and then try to get the job again. The Doug Peterson instead of the Frank Reich, because you're just you're just tired. You're exhausted. Like, give yourself a, a minute to breathe and like acknowledge that, that other jobs will open up next year and they'll open up the year following. That, I think, applies more to Vrabel. Yeah, Belichick, that's what I was
1: going to say. Yeah. I don't think that does yeah. not apply to Belichick. I mean, he's 72. Yeah. There were seven jobs open. Like, I mean, that's a lot of uh, or, or seven or eight, seven or eight jobs open this cycle. I mean, that's a lot of jobs to like sort of look around and, and try to find one. So yeah, I can agree with you on Vrabel. Uh If you sit out a year, it's not the end of the world. There's going to be openings next year for Belichick at, and not to keep bringing up his age, but man, that is very, very, very surprising. So, I don't think the TV Seahawks have sounds. even interviewed Ben Johnson, by the way, so um, they
0: haven't, but yeah. I don't understand what their whole deal is. They haven't interviewed <laughs> John. Like they, The Seahawks, somebody somebody <laughs> hit me up. Somebody hit me up and they were like, uh, who do you think the Seahawks in, are going to get? And I was like, well, they haven't interviewed Mike McDonald. So the, are they aware of what's going on in the year yeah, 2024? That was weird. Um, I'm reading off of SI.com, uh, uh, Richie Witt's piece here. Um, and he has uh, Dan Quinn. Frank Smith. Oh, I think, oh, excuse me. This is just a list of guys. I don't think it's a list of interviews. So I, I was looking for a list to see who they've who they talked to. But if you haven't talked to Ben Johnson and Mike McDonald, you can play in ball. What are yeah. we? These are the guys. You at least want to get the ideas. You want to hear what they're up to because they're going right. to be head coaches somewhere soon. Uh, I, I don't. Seattle's co- search makes zero sense to Ben right now. I have no idea who they're going to hire.
1: Dan Quinn, Mike Kafka. Like those are. The, I mean, those are a couple of the names. But yeah, it is weird. How do you not? How do you not talk? I think. I Second think they talked to with about him okay for graham right they're barking up their own
0: tree the seahawks are
1: out there in the pacific northwest just doing business there you go all right so we're up to speed uh thank you to Kiara for that and if there's anything else please drop it in the chat and we'll react to it let's take a break we'll come back we'll talk about these championship games <laughs>
0: When it comes to the NFL playoffs, you've got to win one game at a time. But when you bet the NFL playoffs on FanDuel, one game can mean a lot of wins. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, has all your favorite bets, like the money line and the spread, plus all sorts of prop bets. Talked about these later in the show. I do like the Lions to cover, plus seven. And I do like the Ravens to cover and win, minus three and a half. Props-wise, Christian McCaffrey under 86 and a half rushing yards. David Montgomery over 44 and a half rushing yards. And right now, every day that there's an NFL playoff game, FanDuel is giving all customers a no-sweat same-game parlay. That means when you combine all your bets for a chance at a bigger payday, you'll get bonus bets back if your same-game parlay doesn't win. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RingerNFL if you don't already have an account. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in select states gambling problem call 100 gambler or visit the ringer.com slash rg minimum three leg parlay required refund issued is not withdrawable. bonus bets which expires seven days after receipt max refund five dollars unless otherwise specified restrictions apply see terms at sportsbooks.fandle.com this episode is brought to you by state farm there's no better feeling than a personal win and the state farm personal price plan can help you do just that
1: All right, we are back on extra point. Pick. Hell, it' may, your Belichick prediction is gonna be wrong. He can't win a playoff game if he's not coaching. So, like, he's not coaching. That's right. <laughs> I forgot about that out
0: where he just doesn't get a job.
1: All right, we got two games here. We're gonna talk about uh, both of them. I don't even know. Let, let's start with. Let's just go in order. We got Chiefs at Ravens is the first one. What's got your attention for this game? We could obviously name 400 different things. What's like on the top of the list where you're like, Ooh, I can't wait to see how this plays out.
0: It's, it's, I want to see from the defensive perspective, how we address these quarterbacks, right? Like that's the most interesting thing to me. I wrote this week about, uh, Mike McDonald, the DC of the Ravens and Steve Spagnuolo, the DC of the chiefs and how like they, uh, they're similar philosophically. They both want to change the picture on you and, and move guys post-snap, and they have highly versatile players. They can line up in a bunch of different personnels and formations and looks. But like, it doesn't necessarily all end up playing out the same. The, the Chiefs are a lot more cover two. They're a lot more man coverage. They press more often. The Ravens are more like cover four and quarters, and the, the Chiefs blitz a lot more, and the Ravens will send blitzers, but they drop defense alignments. So, like, it plays out a lot differently. But one of the, the fundamental things that's paired with these guys, is that when they can anticipate your snap count, and when they they can anticipate your checks on offense, like your protection rules, they can really make life just a living hell for you. I mean, like they, these guys are headaches to deal with, and so this is a big like prep week. This is a big okay. If we get them in, into third and seven, if we get them into third and six, how are they going to pass protect? Who do they want to get the ball to, and how are we going to be able to win in our rush? Critically for the the Chiefs, uh Joe Tooney potentially out for this game. Star right guard Nick Allegretti would be stepping into play for him. Uh, also uh not for nothing. Uh Mike Edwards, uh the safety for the Chiefs, potentially out as well. Edwards was already the backup to Brian Cook, who's already out for the season. they could be on Justin Reed and Dion Bush, safety four, starting in this game. And they played chamardi Corner as well, uh, who is a, is a rookie for them. But safeties and versatilities and chess pieces really important to this defense. Chiefs with a couple of key injuries coming into this. Um, but that offensive line issue with Joe Tooney, uh, with the amount that the Ravens throw at your interior, and with the way they twist and they stunt and they play games, and the communication that that takes, just a really tough time to be dealing with with, with a shuffled deck at the offensive line, especially losing a guy like Tooney, who's so experienced and so established. So, uh, for me, it's, it's game planning stuff. This is a huge Mahomes scramble game. Like he's, this, you're not going to have clean pockets when you're on pass downs in this game. You're going to your your lines been playing better than they have in the past, but they're not going to win. I think consistently against this Ravens front this is going to be a lot of Mahomes outside of the pocket, a lot of Mahomes tuck and run and and does a little waddling duck scramble and you got to be able to tackle him in space and and punish him for that. Uh, And then on the Lamar side of things, uh, the the Chiefs, man, when they play Lamar, when they play Russian quarterbacks, they bring those safeties way, way, way up. They bring them right. They bring them real low to the line of scrimmage. And they say, we are going to press and we're going to have a lot of presence in the box. And we are not going to let you screw around with this quarterback run game. You got to win over the top, right? And this is the game for why, why we went out and got Zay Flowers, right? Why we went out and got Odell Beckham Jr. So that way when we get that deep post one on one, we connect and we hit it. So for the Chiefs, it's all handoff to Pacheco and Mahomes scrambles. It's all five yard gains, staying ahead of the sticks, don't get sacked. For the Ravens, it's all they're going to take that away from us. We got to kill them with 50 yard shots, right? We got to be able to kill them with the moon ball. Uh, in the interplay here, the chess match, this is one of the most exciting games of the season.
1: Yeah, I, I had Mahomes versus the Ravens defense as, as the thing I, I want to see here. I mean, I've been yelling about it all season. Chiefs supporting cast isn't good enough. Tackles aren't good enough. There's no way. And here we are, one freaking game away from this guy getting his team back to the Super Bowl. I mean, is he going to make me look, and and others who agreed with me, look totally stupid? Or is this the game where that kind of lack of talent around Patrick Mahomes actually shows up? That Chiefs offense we saw last week, was different than we've seen all season long. I mean, they had eight plays of 20 plus yards in that game by, you know, that that was a season high for them. They scored on five of seven possessions. So you have to ask yourself, did they figure something out? Are guys getting more confident? Just the randomness of, hey, MVS makes a play here where he wasn't making that play earlier in the season, or was it an outlier performance? Well, we're gonna get like a pretty good answer to that, because this Ravens off defense is the best in the NFL. They're legit. They don't just do one thing, you know, as you alluded to, they can game plan for the opponent. They've been impressive doing that all season long. They've got, they've just got guys Every, I mean, Clowney and Matabuke and Roquan Smith and Kyle Hamilton, like just looking at the talent on one side versus the talent on the other side, specifically with that Tooney injury where now it's like, Ooh, chiefs in three spots are not great on that offensive line. Like the Ravens have a talent advantage, on defense but you know what it doesn't matter sometimes like i just turned in my picks ben for uh for the ringer.com and you know i'm doing all the, all right here's numbers and and scheme and then i ended it i'm just like is this gonna just be a mahomes game we're talking about like 10 years as mahomes now? is an
0: underdog again right yeah. so he's
1: gonna win outright 80 percent of the time mahomes as an underdog on the road against the best defense in the nfl where mahomes does not have all the guys he's had in years past is he just going to be able to figure it out and not take sacks and put the team on his back and scramble, like you said, and make second reaction plays and make every good decision? Like, you know, we always look at the highlights and I love watching him too, but my gosh, this guy as a decision maker, just knowing what's going on around him, the spatial awareness, what the defense is trying to do to him, like all these things, we could name 400 things that Mahomes does uh, at mm-hmm. an elite level. Is he going to be able to make... The Ravens, it's not going to be easy. The Ravens, this will not be easy for Patrick Mahomes. He will have to make those 1% plays. Is he capable of making the 1% plays? Of course, we've seen it over and over again. Like I was thinking about that Rams game in week 14 where Matthew Stafford was awesome and they took the Ravens to overtime and they scored what, 31 points in that game. Like I think it's going to, and Matthew Stafford had a lot more help than Patrick Mahomes has with this Chiefs team, but it's going to take that type of effort, uh, that type of precision that type of sort of near-perfect play from Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, for this Chiefs offense to, to turn in a, a good performance against yeah. this Ravens defense.
0: Yeah, they connected on a couple bigger plays, bigger connections against the Bills than they had for much of the season. That's not the game plan on this one, right? The the, the Ravens are one of the best defenses in the league in like pretty much every metric. Um, but in passes of over 20 air yards, they are yes. suffocating. They are really, really good on the deep shot. And so this is your... Run, run, yak game, right? It's it's the it's the ugly sort of game that the Chiefs have been playing, but you know, generally winning for much of the season, 21 17 and twenty-four to twenty, where it's not you know the usual playoff performances, and they're not going to have a walk down the field the way they did against the Bills and that banged up defense. That game is not coming. The, the Ravens are going to make them play that short and shallow game. This is an enormous Isaiah Pacheco game, right? This offense works when Pacheco's in there because they don't have a, a an alternate back to really bang it between the tackles. That's not Clyde edwards That's not Jerick McKinnon. Uh uh, uh excuse me uh pacheco back uh practice on thursday he was walking through the expectations that they're just keeping his workload light so that he can play uh they need pacheco and they need him to to, to be an important player a big player in this world. uh the other thing is uh mahomes scramble success uh like in the playoffs it, like in the regular season it's good and then in the playoffs it jumps to new heights like yeah this is like we're obviously going to get to bets and props later this is the Mahomes rushing game. This is the, he carries it 11 freaking times game. Like it it has to be because coverage wise, they're going to lose. Like, like they're, they're, they're not going to reliably get guys open right. against the Ravens. He has to create with his legs.
1: Sounds like we may have one of the same wagers in this game. Once we get to the contest, but I, uh, yeah, chiefs uh, second in the NFL in average yards after the catch this season, Ravens defense fifth uh, at, at limiting yards after the catch. And to your point, Ravens first in DVOA against deep passes, so uh, this doesn't look like a game. It would be surprising if the if the Chiefs won this game by gashing the Ravens yeah. downfield. They're going to have to be methodical.
0: And, yeah, and that run run methodical approach has been accompanied by such a good defense for the Chiefs, right? It's been excellent all year. It's been a matchup defense that's been great. Lamar, like it's it, you you are you are running into the quarterback who's played the best ball this season. Like in every, in almost every other game you've played, you've had the quarterback on your side who's playing better ball. Not this game. Like, like in this game, it's a, it's a draw, right? Or it's Lamar edge. Lamar's the MVP. And uh, the Chiefs are, are are bad success rate against Scramble, right? Because of how much they move guys in, in the back seven. That's not where they're successful. They've been successful this year pr- uh, pressuring, right? Heating guys up. Next gen stats have this unbelievable stat. Lamar, uh, in games in which Lamar is pressured on at least 40% of his dropbacks, he has won 62% of those games. The average NFL quarterback wins 36% of those games, mm. right? When, when Lamar gets pressured, it doesn't, doesn't really seem to fluster the Ravens offense as much as it should. Uh, so the way the Chiefs have won is just not the model that you're success, usually going to win against. would uh, beat Lamar out with. So even if they get that run-run methodical and they're scoring seven on the Ravens and they're inching those drives down the field, you just worry Lamar on the other side is going to match you seven for seven and he's going to do it a lot easier you really have to be like picture perfect on offense.
1: Last time we saw Lamar Jackson go up against bags was week two of 2021. Chiefs were very blitz heavy in good that game. game. And Jackson had a, a very good game 18 for 26 for 239 yards. Uh, he threw a couple interceptions, but Ben in terms of drop back success rate, that was the sixth best game of Lamar Jackson's entire career uh, in that game. And that was again different scheme, different supporting cast. It's upgraded since then also is the best chiefs the chiefs pass defense has been uh since then so that is going to be fun as well all right we'll continue to talk about that game as we get into our picks for the weekend but let's move on to the second matchup the detroit lion lions fans you just gotta love that we're saying the detroit lions are in the The nfc championship they are one game away from playing in the super bowl they're going to san francisco To take on the Niners. Niners are seven point favorites. I didn't mention it earlier, but the Chiefs are three and a half point underdogs in that game at Baltimore. Lions at Niners. Solak, what do you got your eye on? Uh, The Lions are the worst explosive pass rate defense in the
0: league by a mile. (laughs) The 49ers are the second best explosive pass rate offense in the league. And that's that, that. It's unfair to say that's your ball game. But that's that, that, that right there is your ballgame on that side of the ball. Uh, for perspective, since week 13, so this is since the beginning of December, uh, the Lions are allowing an explosive pass on 15.2% of their, their dropbacks. On almost one out of every six passes, Lions are giving up an explosive 20-plus yards. Second place is at 11.6. Like, this is an Ooh, enormous difference, right? And this is including the postseason as well. Uh, why is this happening? Because Detroit uh, uh, has no issues leaving their corners on islands. And their corners are Kindle Vilder and Cam Sutton. And Cam Sutton, I feel bad for Cam Sutton. Cam Sutton's like a fine corner too. It's just that he's playing corner one right now. Yes, and that's I agree not, not, that. not, yeah. And, and, and like, he hasn't even been as bad as, as I think he's, he's uh, made out to be. It's just that he's often in the highlight reel, right? And like, this, that's, that's the nature of playing corner. But Kendall Vilder on the opposite side, right? They have all these safeties and they rotate these guys. And Brian Branch is good in the slot. But they just lose to the deep outside shot. And, and and Aiden Hutchinson has really stepped up his game down the home stretch. He was a high pressure, low sack player for much of the season. He's become a high pressure, high sack player as of late. And that's just regression, right? That's just like some unblocked sacks and some noisy stuff. But altogether, like he's having the sort of disruptive, I can win for my defense 1v1 and, and save the other 10 guys. Like He's having that level of impact, that star impact in the postseason. Needs to have an enormous game against Colton McKibbit uh, to get this done uh, against the Niners. Obviously, there's a Debo Samuel question and the Niners. Oh, they cover with Debo. They don't cover without him. They're they're they're, uh, they're bad one in three without Debo playing on the season. Yeah. But if you go and you look like take out the Cleveland rain game, like the offense was still explosive, like they were losing to some. So, you know, like Kirk Cousins had a hero performance in primetime for the first time in his life. Like it was it wasn't like, you know, Brandon, I, you and George Kittle forget how to play. Uh, yeah, I got- forgets how to play when Debo's not there.
1: Yeah, sorry not not to uh, interrupt you, Please. but I agree with you because I, I've got a little nugget that says the same thing. I mean, I, I think there's this thought that like the 49ers off when they had that losing streak, their offense completely sucked. Like it did not completely suck. Their defense was not good and they turned the football over when they haven't had Debo Samuel. this when So when they've had Samuel with Brock Purdy this year, they've had a 50.9% success rate, which is best in the NFL. When they've had Brock Purdy and not had Debo Samuel, they've had a 47.3% success rate in the NFL. Guess how many teams have had a 47.3% success rate in the NFL this year, other than the Niners? The answer is zero. Yeah. Okay. Zero. Yeah. It would still be their offense without Debo Samuel on a down to down efficiency basis would still be mm-hmm. the best offense in the NFL. Now there's noise. It's a small sample on offsets. I get all that, but, uh, I'm with you. We listen, we can all agree. Debo Samuel's all- awesome. And their offense is a lot better when they have Debo Samuel, but their defense, do- I mean, their offense doesn't like fall apart, like you said, and it doesn't suck all of a sudden because they don't have Debo Samuel. so I- I'm glad you uh, made that point.
0: Yeah. So, uh, but all together, right, Debo or no Debo, Purdy's the middle of the field. That's where, the, uh, you know, like I said deep outside, they'll lose, but the Lions also have linebacker issues and coverage. You can win over the middle of the field to them. Uh, the Lions not great against tight ends. Uh, you have George Kittle. He's, he's walking explosive play at tight end. Like, there's just, there's a lot that the Niners can find success within the passing game. It's worth noting, running game-wise, Lions defense really strong. That's obviously, uh, the, the Niners are, tend to still be a high rush over expectation team. They still want to hand the football off. This feels like the sort of game where, where Kyle's going to have to skew towards letting Brock run the offense a little bit more, which in big games, he tends to do that with Brock, where he'll come out and be a little bit ha- past happier than, than usual. Uh, and so altogether, you expect them to just be able to have a big day moving the football. Now, the other half of this is that the the Niners are a bottom five defense against the run, right? And have consistently struggled against this late. I put this up uh, on Twitter because I think like folks don't realize in general Uh, since week 13, again, since December started, the Lions are better than the 49ers on defense by EPA per drive and by success rate. They're 23rd in EPA and 15th in success rate. The Niners are 26th and 22nd. Now those numbers aren't perfect, right? There was a week 18 game where the Niners were playing the Rams and meaningless game. Eric Armstead was out for it. But in general, if you look at like broad numbers, right, we get down to specifics, it's terrifying for the Lions because the explosive pass stuff. Broad numbers. This Lions defense is not as much of a liability it's sort a of huge difference in liability than the Niners are. The nature of the liability is the difference. Uh, the 49ers against the run have been a, a bottom five EPA team for most of the back half of the season. They've been a bottom five success rate team. We saw the success that Aaron Jones had against them in the Packers uh, uh, Niners game. Structurally, they allow themselves to lose to the run. And Detroit has shown us over the course of this season and seasons past, they will have no problem. Handling the football off in a shootout. If they feel like it's going to be a high-scoring game, like, oh, we have to throw with Jared Goff, we got to go down the field. No, they'll just chunk it on you, right? I mean, this is a uh, Dan Campbell team. Now, Jonah Jackson injury, a uh, uh, left guard, he leaves the game. Frank Ragnow, super banged up. What percent of him are you getting? You might have offensive line issues that mitigate this for Detroit. But if they get good line play, if they get healthy players back, or if they just commit to it, even if they're losing, you know, five-play, 75-yard drives to the Niners, they can come right back with a 17-play, 75-yard drive of their own, and we see points get up on the board here. And so it's a bad look for Detroit defensively. They really don't match up well into the Niners, but there's worlds in which the offense keeps pace, and we're in for a lot of fireworks. Yeah,
1: and, and now with Detroit's run defense, you're right. I think they're first in rush uh, DVOA against the rush. Last week, though, was a little concerning. I mean, that's a bad Bucs uh, running team, and mm-hmm. you know they got them a little bit. They didn't run the football often, but, man, they were averaging, I think, over... Five yards per carry. Their run defense did not look as someone who was week. on
0: the Rashad White under, and then That's he right. went over, and then immediately left the game with injury. I'm aware of what Rashad White did on on yeah. against the Lions. Overall, I think that was a we're super indexed to the pass, and we're we're if we lose to Rashad White in this running game, we do, uh, but we don't think we, we will. And they were right. Like Rashad ripped off those big gains because like on chunk gains, right? red yards on chunks. But then they'd give it to him and they would just get a penetration and it's second and 11. Like that, 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 that's losing by structure to me. Um, Next-gen stats, uh, the Lions' second best team in defense in the league in terms of allowing rush yards over expectation to backs, right? They allow very few over expectation. Third best teams in terms of getting penetration. Uh, and mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey is all about yards over expectation, yards over expectation, block yards behind the line of scrimmage, you know, getting that, that positive stuff from, from the scheme. That matchup is is a big deal. Um, spoiler alert, I'm on under for Christian McCaffrey rushing yards when we get there.
1: Uh the point you made about the Lions being able to sustain drives not to repeat myself from last week but I do think it's a similar formula I mean the Packers were doing that Packers come out have that long drive they're shrinking the game Lions theoretically have the ability to do the same thing I do think this is a game where you need your offense To help your defense. Can you limit the Niners to eight possessions instead of 11 possessions? I think that's a big deal here where you're able to invite some more variants as seven point underdogs if you can do stuff like that. So uh, we'll see Jared Goff, uh, this Lions offense, that run game, can they string together long drives in this game. You're you're right. I mean, listen, that Niners defense overall has been good this season, but man, Packers were going up and down the field on that Niners defense, uh, last week. And and so if you look at it overall, this Lions offense has been pretty much as good as that Packers offense all season long. So I think they've got a shot there with that formula. All right. Talk more about that game as well. As we get to some of our picks, I gave my Monday morning storyline. So like, what do you have? What's your Monday morning storyline before we get to our picks?
0: Yeah. Uh, my Monday morning storyline is, uh, Detroit Lions attend Super Bowl 54 in Las Vegas
1: Whoa, <laughs> whoa baby before we get to the picks, seven point dogs Do you think they're gonna win the game
0: outright I I think they have a pretty good shot I think I think seven is too big of a number I'm gonna be on Detroit plus seven I've been on Detroit this entire postseason uh and and, and I said at the beginning they're my wild card team I liked the the run that they got I liked the draw that they got like I said, defensively, I'm terrified with how they match up to, to San Francisco. I know we talked about how that offense is good without Debo. Still missing Debo is meaningful. It is one of your primary weapons. It's one of your versatile. You know, we, we mess around with formation guys. But the, the main thing for me is just looking at the Lions offensively. They, I, I, they're they a lot better than the Niners defense. And they have the ability to control clock and control tempo and, and control game script. I don't think that the Niners can be able to steamroll Detroit the way that it's, it's projected. I think this is a much closer game than, than seven is indicating. Now, Detroit had the two games at home, right? And they, they had the four-field aspect of it. Going on the road against a really playoff-experienced team as a young team, like, it is a it is a tough road to hoe. It absolutely is. And I think if you, you know, water gun to my belly, I had to pick one of these teams to, to you know, see tomorrow. I'm probably picking the Niners because I just feel better about it. But I think this is, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised that this line has stayed this big. I took Detroit plus seven at open. Going like, all right, like we're gonna see some sixes, and we haven't seen some sixes. We've seen mostly money towards the Niners but see seven get a lot of juice. Uh I, I understand the doubt over Detroit. I understand the visibility of how this defense is struggling. I just think that the Niners' defensive issues are pretty dramatically understated. And I think there's a much better chance this is a shootout, this is a possession game, this is a who gets the ball last game, this is a who makes the turnover game than people realize. Uh and and I like I like Detroit's ability to continue to hang in those. So give me the lines. Why not?
1: All right, let me make the case for Niners blowout i'm not telling you what my pick is but i have thought about the case mm-hmm. for a niners blowout. it's pretty straightforward you mentioned it lions are down jonah jackson frank ragnow is gonna i think their center trying to play through like four different injuries in this game frank's um, held together with duct tape man yeah there there is a possibility where the lions pass rush just tees off on Jared the 49ers Dagnall. pass rush oh uh, yeah sorry the 49ers yeah. pass rush tease off on Jared Goff and forces him into mistake after mistake after mistake for as well as Goff has played. Those are still in there. We saw it in that Rams game. He had a few of those in there. And there's a chance that the 49ers literally score on every possession. I mean, they could have a a play of 25 plus yards on every single possession in this game. That is a big, big mismatch as well. Goff's going on the road. They're not in the friendly confines of Detroit anymore. He's going on the road. I think there's a chance that maybe people overrate you know, that or have recently biased with that Brock Birdie Niners offensive performance last week when it was in the rain. It was a weird game for most of the season. They have been by far the best offense in the NFL. So there you go. Niners fans. Yeah, you were probably listening going, come on, that will not make the case for our team here. So there you go. That's the case for your team blowing out the Detroit Lions. All right, we take a break. Then we come back and we make our picks for championship round weekend. All right, we are back on extra point taken. The contest continues. We've got 2 weeks left. 7 points at stake in each of the next 2 weeks. Solak, what does the scoreboard say?
0: uh head to head two point difference shield uh i'm at 63 you are at 61 it was a tight week uh uh, uh oh, yeah i'm going divis- i was gonna wildcard round for a second excuse me i was about to be like the texans covered and then i was like no wait a minute they didn't come remotely close um yeah you and i were both on texans plus nine and a half against the ravens that one was no good uh you had the lions against the spread and the packers against the spread i had the liner lines against the spread and the chiefs against the spread both of those won uh my prop hit Sam LaPorta, over 41.5 receiving yards. Thank you, Sam LaPorta. Thank you to Painkillers for getting Sam LaPorta on the field. We appreciate it. Under 53.5 rushing yards for Rashad White. Shield, you were on. I was with you you on that one. You jinxed
1: me. You made that one of your keys to the game on Twitter, which I don't appreciate, putting the bad juju on me. And then all of a sudden, Rashad White comes out, and he's breaking off runs for 17 yards. Don't even think about doing that again. To the prop king.
0: It was a great bet. And as I said, I'm (laughs) going to be on running back facing the Detroit Lions mm-hmm. under again today. You you've been you've been uh, warned. Rashad White by the way came extremely close, right? Uh he was the, the line that you had him at was 53 and a half. He ended that day with 55 yards. He was at 1.58 oh, yards I and then lost 3 t- yards yeah, I needed one on his more final t- carry. Oh. Oh.
1: one more of those
0: you also 80 plus receiving yards for Travis Kelsey was your long shot. He was at 75. She was like I whole still don't know quarter. how he didn't
1: get it. He had like 68 receiving yards. Like it felt like 10 minutes into the game. I'm like, yep. beautiful. I got this. And then it was over. I'll tell you, uh,
0: Luke had Rashad White logged as a win when I went and looked at this in the week. And then I was like, wait a minute. I was on this bet. And I checked it out. I was like, no, 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 no. Loss. Uh, so yeah. So uh, two points for you on the week, both on, on your loss of the week. Huge for you. Big week for locks of the week. That's Shield. right. Uh, two wins for me, a prop and locks of the week. So it is now 63 to 61 uh, against the spread. I'm hitting at 58%. You are hitting at 38%. We are still pretty much just stuck at 48%. All right.
1: There we go. All right. So here's how we're doing it this week. So we'll still have our prop of the week. That's got to be minus 130 or better. That's worth one point. We still have our, our long shot of the week, which is plus 150 or better. That's worth three points. And then we will each pick both games. Now that only adds up to six. So we each get a bonus pick. It can be anything that's minus 130 or better, and that will be our option for a seventh point. And we'll do the same thing for the Super Bowl, except we'll have two of those kind of wild card picks. All right. Let us start with the prop of the week. What do you got?
0: Yeah. Uh, Christian McCaffrey have under 86 and a half rushing yards against the Detroit Lions. Shield, you know who the last back was to go over 80 rushing yards against Detroit this season? I do not. Hasn't happened. Oh, the, the most rushing yards for a single game for a back against the Detroit Lions in the regular season, I should say. It's the, the, the query that I have. Uh, Ty Chandler rushed for 69 yards uh, against the Boston Eckler, 67, Gus Edwards, 64. They haven't given up more than seventy to a back yet this season. Now, Christian McCaffrey pretty frequently goes over over 86, but this n- number indicates blowout script. And one, I, I'm, I'm more suspicious that we don't get blowout script than, than, than the books are. Two. I think on blowout script, we see less Christian McCaffrey and more Elijah Mitchell because we, they already were starting to deal with Christian McCaffrey, calf issues, a little bit gimpy, long season, as we saw at the end of the regular season and then into the post season where he's on the sideline with the Green Bay Packers, getting the TheraGun, getting the massage, right? They know he's, he's not at 100%. And accordingly, I think if they're on a, you know, we're up 17 points here in the third quarter, I think it's going to be, all right, let's get an Elijah Mitchell handoff in here. Let's try to calibrate this a little bit. We got to make sure we win the game. But I wouldn't be surprised if they try to take the edge off McCaffrey a little bit. So under 86 and a half rushing yards for Christian McCaffrey. I trust that Lions run defense.
1: The unders are so hard at this point because like I was looking at some and then I'm like, wait, no, 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 that player's awesome. Do you, are you sure you, like, you, sure you want to do that, Sheila? <laughs> like, do, you, do you really want to take the like, Everybody who's playing has had yeah. an incredible game or two <laughs> exactly. at this point. So what like, are you supposed so, to do here? Like, should I take Mahomes my, uh, my under, a Lamar under? No, no, no. What are you doing? Pick something else. So I am taking an over for my prop. And I'm thinking of Brock Purdy, over 274 and a half passing yards. Lions have given up over 300 passing yards in five straight games. I'm hoping Stolak's right about the rushing and that the Niners aren't going to be able to rush the ball as much in this game. And they're going to say, all right, we can't rush it. We've got to throw it. And so I think he'll get opportunities. The weather, don't worry. I checked the weather. The weather's going to be nice in Santa Clara uh, on Sunday. We don't have to worry about that. You had the numbers earlier. Lions give up so many explosive plays that, uh, you know, this could easily be a game where Brock Purdy's averaging like 10 yards per attempt or higher in this football game. So Brock Purdy over 274.5 passing yards is my prop of the week. All right. Long shot of the week. What do you got? Plus 150 or better.
0: Yeah, uh, Zay Flowers to have at least 60 receiving yards is plus 188. Uh, and that's what I'm going to be taking for this Interesting. Week.
1: Uh, Against those yeah.
0: Chiefs corners, huh? So the thing about Zay is that they put him in motion a ton. He's one of the most motioned receivers in the entire league. And he has a ton of receiving yards off of motion. When they put him in motion, they do it to target him. They do it to get him the football. So he becomes a lot more challenging to press when you run him around like that. That's number one. Number two is... I think and like i can't do i can't get like a longest you know rece- over longest reception on the long shot of the week but i don't think we're getting 60 on seven targets i think we're getting 60 on four targets i think that we're gonna see a big 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 uh, idea of getting zay flowers the ball down the field uh uh next gen stats had this uh, in the last three games that lamar jackson has played against Bags and the chiefs passing uh, down the field more than 20 yards he's three for 20 he hasn't completed his last 10 passes they made this todd monken change for a lot of reasons one of the main reasons was because when they started to get defenses like Spags was giving them, just insanely loaded boxes, low safeties, right? You'll see like, oh, the Chiefs are playing split field coverage. It is too high, but it's not too high because the two high are too low. They are yeah. down near the line of scrimmage. They're getting involved in the run fit. The, one of the reasons why you had to make this OC change was when defensive coordinators treat you like this. You get over the top on them. You go connect down the field. And that player for them has been Zay Flowers, right? Odell Beckham Jr., not uh, running more than 15 routes since week 16. I think that they wanted him to be fresh for the postseason. I don't think they're getting that from him. Rashad Bateman has not been reliable. If I lose because Nelson Aguilar catches two downfield passes, I lose because Nelson Aguilar catches two oh, downfield passes. I should pass. have taken Nelson
1: uh, Aguilar over. So why didn't I think of yeah.
0: that? Uh, Mark Andrews, uh, potentially back for this game. Isaiah Likely, okay, what if they're a heavy 12 personnel team? Zay's still on the field. That's the Ravens receiver I trust to get the most volume, and especially the downfield volume. The big play to Zay, give me at least 60 receiving yards at plus 188.
1: It's interesting, those numbers with uh, Lamar against Bags downfield. The Chiefs have given up the fewest completions of 20-plus yards in the entire NFL this season. But like you said, Mm -hmm. this is different. You're playing against a different quarterback, uh, a different scheme. What are you going to prioritize? Because uh, their run defense yeah. has not been good all this season. They know that. Yeah. So how do you attack this Ravens defense? How do you give yourself a chance to win?
0: Yeah, I think a lot of that has been because they, the quarterbacks can't hold on to the ball long enough to consistently get down the field. And Lamar is the is the solution to the problem. Yeah. Single solution in a man right there.
1: My long shot. I'm going back to that Niners-Lions game and the same side of the ball. I'm thinking Brandon Ayuk, 100 plus receiving yards. Big in, uh, triple yeah. digits. I forget, one. it's plus 166. I think, uh, you know, if Debo Samuel doesn't play in this game, that's going to be more targets for Brandon Ayuk. But if, if he does play, I think he got a shot to hit this. Uh, as Solak was saying earlier, that Lions defense, they've given up the most completions of 20-plus yards uh, in the regular season. And so uh, I think you have a chance here for Brandon Ayuk to have a big game against those Lions corners. Again, we talked about it earlier. They're going to be one-on-one at times. And so Ayuk had seven 100-yard receiving games during the regular season. So seven out of 17, that's pretty good. I like my chances there of him having a monster game here. So there you go. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. Con- uh, Connor
0: Allen of, yeah, Connor Allen of four for four football. Uh, he had, or excuse me, it wasn't Connor Allen. It was Hayden Winks of Underdog. I apologize. Uh, Hayden Winks had, had a, a, a funny tweet where uh, he highlighted that, that when the Lions have just four defensive backs on the field, which they play base, right? Four down defensive linemen, three linebackers at a pretty high rate. Brandon Ayuk averages like four and a half yards per run or something. Just like an absolutely astronomical, absurd number because they're getting you into hard play action and they're hitting Ayuk in the big spaces. I don't think the Lions are going to give the Niners those looks. Now they have these four safeties playing well. I would be stunned if they're in base that much. I think they're going to be if he was going to be a safety for them and Chauncey Garner-Johnson and so on and so forth. But there's a world in which we're looking back in this Brandon I.U. game, and he's just like, Yeah, 17.3 yards per reception, five yards per round run, 150 yards. Like, if the Lions are going to give them that sort of play action stuff, it's going to be a ball game with the I.U. because they don't have a man cover who can stick with them.
1: Just you know, do that up to 100 yards and then do whatever you want. That's all I yeah. ask. All right. Uh, nonsense prediction. This is not part of the contest, but Solak, do you have something weird you think is going to happen this weekend?
0: Yeah, I think there's going to be like a little spicy uh uh Greg Olsen, Tom Brady, Fox announcer vibe thing, right?
1: Ooh, because, I like yeah. this. All right, so, it's much better than uh, mine.
0: Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, uh Tom Brady is going to be uh the the 2024 uh Fox number 1 play caller, color guy. Congratulations. Like he signed this <laughs> oh. deal while he was still playing and then he was going to do it in 2023 and pushed it off for a year. It's a very funny storyline for me because like why are you why are we signing future contracts for color commentators? It's ridiculous. Anyway, in his interim, the, the Fox had a Super Bowl, like Greg is our first team guy. And then Greg like walked out and he was like doing cool tight end stuff. I was like, all right, sick, whatever. And then Greg got awesome. Greg was so good. Unbelievable color company. Cool stuff, good ideas, big analytics, right? Michael Wilbins yelling about analytics. Greg Olson's like, no, analytics are good, man. Like just the awesome. Well, now, right? This is gonna be Fox's last game this is it right it's
1: oh, we got greg olson and then yeah yeah
0: right because cbs has got the super bowl so it's gonna be technically greg olson's last game as uh the the primary color commentator and then it should go straight to tom brady so i think we're gonna get a little like sports media reporting like i don't know the the new york post guys who do this or whoever it is but there's gonna be some sort of like you know like uh greg olson looking at partnership with thursday night football amazon prime you know whatever greg olson looking at the greg Olson might leave fox because Greg Olson should. Greg Olson should be calling primetime games the NFL. He's excellent at doing it. And I don't think Tom Brady is going to be that good. So of all the things to watch for this championship game, this is a deeply football nerdy thing. But I will be enjoying Greg Olson calling his his last... I'll be enjoying the last game of Greg Olson in the Fox A booth. If he's the Fox B booth guy, whenever I hear him, I hear him. That's great. But altogether, I think he's he's done an awesome, awesome job. And I wish he got to hold on to that job. I'll be enjoying him calling uh, the NFC championship game.
1: Let me ask you this, because I also uh, really enjoy... Greg Olson, he is. I'm trying to think. Yeah, he's he's number one on my list. I mean, he explains the X's and O's. He he's on top mm-hmm. of it with the analytics. He's not boring. He's not too dry. He doesn't like he's he's entertaining. He's got the good energy. He enjoys his job. He prepares for a job. Like everything about a Greg Olson. You mentioned the New York Post. I did see like there was a New York Post column today, and it's Andrew Marshan who's like their big fortune. Andrew Marshan. I couldn't remember yeah. his
0: name. I apologize, Andrew. He had
1: something about how Romo and Nance are uh, you know, are a disaster. Like, you know, and I, I didn't get to look at the whole thing, but so maybe yeah. you're onto something. Maybe it's a little, switch. I, I don't know. I know Romo's got a monster contract, but maybe you're onto something, a little switching of networks, a little politic. Uh, I
0: don't know. Here's the thing. Here, here's the issue. Here's my problem. Greg Olson's got a nice suit game. All right. He does. Looking clean every single week. I appreciate it. CBS, you got to wear the big blazers with the CBS logo. Why do they ah, still do that? Yeah. Bad
1: scheme fit. Bad, that. scheme fit. bad scheme fit. It's not, I,
0: not a good, it's not I, a good system for him. Um, Romo, man. I can't do it i just can't can't, it is agonizing i i i have no comment uh
1: you you could get in your contract i think that you don't have to wear this i don't think if that cannot be a deal breaker this wearing the blazer with the cbs here's
0: the thing it could be cool just make it a cool blazer make it old school that's
1: what they should do make it real old school you know throwbacks are
0: classy make it fun a lot of Hall of Fames and Masters and various other tournaments and or, you know, legend halls are doing a good Blazer. CBS should be able to do yeah, a good Blazer. It can't
1: just be a Navy with the logo. I agree with you there. Yeah. Good take. All right, mine's boring. I don't even want to say mine after yours. Yours is great. I just think the Lions need to play a high variance game. And last week I said someone's going to do an onside kick. Now I'm just saying the Lions are either going to have a fake punt, a fake field goal, or an onside kick in this game. That 49er special teams. An issue. Solak loves when I bring up a little special team, Stevie OA. Twenty fifth. The 49ers last week. The pack. by the way, some amazing fumble recoveries last week. Underrated. Ooh. Holy cow. The fumble, I mean Eric Wilson. Eric Wilson. And then there was was it was it Dalton Kincaid had like the punch out after the Josh Allen fumble? Oh, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. incredible. What a football effort? IQ play. I don't even know what it's like to give that much effort to anything in my life. Yeah, I'm trying out right here, but I mean always come on. wonder. Eric Wilson, unbelievable. Uh, So I think you're going to get, I don't think Dan Campbell's going to coach scared here. Uh, I think he's going to realize what kind of game he's in. I think he's going to realize his defense is up against it, against that Niners offense. And I think he's going to have a trick up his sleeve that we're going to be talking about for better or worse. As you know, if it doesn't work, everyone's going to rip it and say, why did he do that? If it does work, people like me are going to say, that's what I'm talking about. You play to win the game. So look for a fake field goal, fake punt, or onside kick from Dan Campbell all right let's get to it locks of the week we will each pick each game and then we got one more pick at the end that is a wild card well why don't we just start Lions Niners I already know your pick I mean you're picking the Lions outright I'm also on the Lions plus seven I was going I was struggling with this it's one of those where I start writing the thing in the column and I go I'm taking the Niners I think it's going to be a blow and then I get to the end and I go Man, this Lions team has been so competitive last 29 games, Solak, 22 and seven. This Lions team going back to last year, three losses by more than seven points in their last 29 games. Like that is impressive. They went to Dallas, Uh, they were competitive, they beat the Rams at home. They, they win that game uh, last week. It's just the box, but still, I mean, they have been in all these games. They had Buffalo a, the,
0: last year on Thanksgiving. They the, were not supposed to be in that game at the all. The Packers they had earlier they this season. I mean, yeah, yeah
1: they, this is not just beating up on cupcake teams. And, and that Cowboys we're all, game. We're
0: conveniently ignoring the Ravens game, but other than that.
1: You <laughs> right? know what, though? Yeah, I mean, the Ravens, well, we'll get to that game, but the Ravens have done that to a lot of people. But it's just like that Cowboys game was the one I really looked at. I go, okay, they went on the road against a good team, a very good offense in a big spot there at that point in the season, and they're like, I mean, they're a two-point conversion away from potentially stealing that game. So I feel like the competitiveness, the talent, I'm a little worried about those whole line injuries. Again, I can see a scenario where we're just like, oh, golf was sacked for the you know fifth time here, and the Lions are getting blown out at halftime. I can see it, but I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions and take the points plus seven at San Francisco. So there okay. you go.
0: So, yeah uh that i'm on lions plus seven obviously i did my Lions super bowl 58 prediction which i'm pretty sure i said 54 i can never remember i always call it the year and then i'm like well, no it's not it's it doesn't have the four ends of an eight okay uh this is, is not the, uh, sorry.
1: i don't even know is it super bowl 58 It's L V
0: I I I. which one is that yeah that's fi- right? that sounds like that
1: yeah. looks like 58 yeah is yeah. it uh
0: it's it's always it's it's time for that graph of of google searches where every year super bowl spikes and then right under it roman numerals how do you read them search spikes one of my favorite (laughs) images people people be googling about roman numerals um this is a game where if it was 16 game slate i would not be betting it for the contest i would not be taking it like i think the lions have a great shot to win i like the lions plus seven i don't like to take games where the the offensive potential is this high because one team shows up and now it's a glorious blowout, right? Like the Niners could like you, you come to the future. Tell me line, uh, Niners win this by 24. I'm not too shocked. You know, I'm surprised, but not, so it's like, this is not what I would typically be taking, but why not? Like I believe in this Detroit team. I've, I've been around them obviously. And, and and I've watched them pretty closely now and watching their past few games, watching how they've gone up against top competition. I like their ability to hang in. this one.
1: Niners fans. Don't get mad at me, but let, let's keep an eye on the game management. In this one, Dan Campbell versus Kyle Shanahan. A little edge for the Niners. Got a lot of edges in this game. That's not one of them. That edge is going to the Detroit Lions and Dan Campbell. Yeah, All you right. better
0: beat him in three quarters. You don't want to need four to beat him.
1: Hey, last week they showed. They put that to bed. They can come back in the fourth quarter and win games. All right. This next game, I don't think it's... I will be shocked if this game... It's a blowout one way or another. Legitimately shocked if this is more than a seven-point game. I think we're going to get a classic, a fun classic. And I have no idea what side Benjamin Solak is on. Ravens, let me check. Double check. Still three and a half. Yes. Yep. Raven, by the way, Ravens three and a half minus 115. First Chiefs yep. plus three and a half minus 105. Solak, what do you got? On on the
0: Ravens minus three and a half. I think they're the better team i think they're at home and i think they're well coached and i think they're equipped for a super bowl run i think we've we've been seeing them delete postseason caliber competition all year you tweeted out this stat i tweeted out this stat i think we both arrived at it just, just over uh like uh, a conversion evolution independently against the texans lamar seven and two against playoff teams this year he has a point differential of like positive 130 it's, it's just un it's unbelievable how well they have played against top competition The reason for that, and you've heard me say this on this podcast before, and it's a tricky thing to say because I don't think Lamar is better than Josh Allen. I don't think he's the second best quarterback in the league, but in terms of guys who just functionally break the game and guys who like, all right, well, we're really good at stopping NFL offenses, but now we have to stop the Ravens. Like it, it is just a, it is a different problem. It's written on the board with different variables. You have to use different calculus to solve it. Like he is just a different world of a guy. And so you kind of a little bit have to take what you know about the Chiefs' defense and you yuck it out the window. You can go back and look at the 2021 games and this is how they played against him. Firstly, Lamar was uh, sensational in that game. I-, I watched that game back and I was kind of like, man, I a little bit missed the Greg Roman offense. Not really, but a little bit because it was just, Lamar was just running roughshod, right? He was right. There was, there was no self preservation, there was no sliding. And what if I threw a check down to Justice Hill? No, it was just Lamar highlight reel running around back there. Uh regardless, I, I, you can look back at that and say that's meaningful. I, it, it doesn't move the needle too much for me. This is such a different offense than it was. It's a different Lamar than it was. Uh, the thing that I trust the most in this game is is what Lamar brings. Is, is Lamar's ability to kind of be defense impervious, to be defense immune, and just create a, a style of offense that you can't really stop it. You just kind of have to wait for it to make a mistake, wait for it to air. Uh, and then defensively, uh, like uh, I, I've been the Chiefs advocate on this pod. I've been the guy who's into the Chiefs are going to be OK. The Chiefs can make a run. Patrick Mahomes, like it's good. Baltimore's defense. This is just it, it, they've been stopping everybody. Right. This is this is the, and, and they are well equipped. They're a very good tackling unit. They are great at rallying to the ball and stopping your yards after the catch. Like They are well equipped to handling the way the Chiefs need to need to uh, precipitate the football, need to matriculate it down the field. I think the Ravens win it. You said you'd be shocked if this was a blowout. I also would be, but I would not be shocked if this is a game the Ravens control pole-to-pole, right, where the Ravens get a lead and then maintain the lead, and it's just Mahomes trying to will, trying to Herculean effort his way back into it and eventually falling up short.
1: All right, so I pull up the spreadsheet. What's our record when we both have the same sides? Because that's what we got here. I got the Ravens. Excuse me, I've got the Ravens minus... Three and a half, very uncomfortably. Okay, Patrick Mahomes. (laughs) I don't like it, but I have it. 11 times he's been an underdog. Nine, one, and one against the spread. Eight and three outright in those games. So why in the world then, Sheel, are you taking the Baltimore Ravens? I think this is just a special team. I think it's Lamar Jackson's time. Aaron Schatz tweeted out, the Ravens have the highest weighted DVOA in his Database. No team has been playing this well through the divisional round in his database, which I forget goes back to 1990 uh, or something like that. Ravens can win in so many different ways. They don't have to be perfect on one side of the ball, other side of the ball can pick them up. Special teams can pick them up. They can win with Lamar instructor. They can win with Lamar being creative. We didn't even talk about it as much because you were talking about how those Chiefs safeties play, but man, that Chiefs run defense, 27th in DVOA. Against this rushing offense, like there's a scenario where Ravens gash him that way uh, just with their run game here. So you've got that uh, to deal with. It's a different passing offense than we've seen in the past. I will say this, that, that Chiefs defense, I will not be shocked if we're like four or five possessions in and we're like, Ravens are having some issues against this Chiefs defense. But last week, what I loved what we saw from the Ravens is that problem-solving during the game. I mean, they were having halftime. It. You said it wasn't close. Like, and you're right at the end. We both took the uh, uh, Texans, but halftime is a 10-10 game. You're going, wait a minute now. Are the Texans going to steal this one? Ravens come out after halftime. Lamar gives the speech at half. Him and Todd Munkin. He talked about, hey, we talked about how are we going to solve this? They come out three state straight touchdown drives and they look completely unstoppable after halftime. So I love seeing that from a team in a big spot uh, like this. So I, like, I think it's the Ravens, by the way. So, I mean, if, if the Ravens win this game, we've got a 27 year old player with two MVPs under his belt in the Super Bowl. I mean, we're talking about, like, just think about the Lamar discourse before the season and what it could potentially be here in 2 weeks at 27 years old if you have a Super Bowl and two MVPs under your belt like we're talking about you know special special territory H-O-F, here of baby by the way and on the other side of it man if Mahomes is able to do this if he's able to go to Baltimore And just say, you ever doubt me again, you are a complete moron. If he's able to go there as a dog with this group against that defense and just put him on his back. I mean, I don't even know what to say because I already consider him, you know, an all-timer. But man, just Mm -hmm. adding another uh, chapter to what is already a Hall of Fame career. So I think the Ravens are the better team. I think the Ravens are going to win. But no one's going to be shocked if Patrick Mahomes is stealing this game in the fourth quarter. All right. Yeah. What is our uh, record? Well, uh, when we so both you brought the
0: same up. Uh, oh, it's we're about forty four percent, which is just Ooh. what we are shared anyway, right? Like that's that's what that's what we are. That's what <laughs> we are collecting. Sorry, with. sorry uh, about that. You, you don't worry about it. You're good. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, uh Lamar, you are bringing up? Uh, uh oh, Detroit's twenty two and seven over their last however many games. Uh, Lamar this season right now is fourteen and three as a, as a starter. All right, last season I'm 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 doing the math live one two three four. There's seven and four so he would be 21-7 and seven over his last 28 starts, Lamar would be. In, in the last seven games over the last two years that the Ravens have lost with Lamar as their starter, they've had a win probability in the fourth quarter of at least 75%, right? They've been fine. Remember all these, they lost that Dolphins game. They found a way. They lost that Bills game, in that all, Jaguars in all game of last them? year. In, in all seven, they've oh had at least God, a 75% incredible. win probability in the fourth quarter. In five of the seven, Shield, they've had a 90% win probability in the wow. fourth quarter. And then gave the game away, right? They found a way to lose to the Deshaun Watson uh, 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 Browns this year, right? That was the 33 to 31 game. They lost to the Colts, right? In the weather, in overtime, field yeah. goal, Justin Tucker's missing kicks. Like Baltimore will have just won every game they've played with Lamar Jackson the last two years or lost a game in one of the most spectacular, <laughs> unique fashions you've ever seen. And and the fruit of that could be we knock off Patrick Mahomes and we're going to the Super Bowl. Like this, this Lamar run, man, you, you brought up like two-time MVP special player. We we're gonna look back and be like, all right, 2019 took the lead by a storm. 2020, 2021, there was a recalibration. There was some injury. 22 and 23 was when Lamar Jackson, the career defining, I'm gonna dominate this league for the next decade stretch, came, and he's he's two games away from from starting that off with a bang.
1: 50, I mean, you don't even have to just give me the last two. 58 and nine. I know we can't talk about QB wins, but 58 and 19, when Lamar Jackson is their starter in his entire career. I mean, that's including his rookie season from start uh, to now. So uh, good ball been, player, man. They're just always, always in it. Now, listen, the Chiefs are always in it with Mahomes too. So don't think that we're dismissing that at all. He He's already been there, done that, and could be doing it again. Uh, Lamar Jackson is trying to do it here for the first time. All right. What is your final wild card pick here? Do we might have to say, I think we got the same thing. What do you have? Or not uh, okay, doing what I you will, referred I will.
0: I won't take Mahomes rushing to create the uh, to create the um uh, some difference. We okay. matched we matched on both on both uh, locks. Uh, Dave Montgomery to have over forty four and a half rushing yards is something that I'm already on personally. Uh, Dave Montgomery rushes uh, at least has at least ten carries in each of the last nine games. Uh, his carries line for this game is set at ten and a half with heavy juice to the over. I think that's a that's a fine pick if you want to take it. Again, I'm not expecting as big of a shootout game script. I'm also not thinking that the Lions get down 14, they're going to walk out throwing the football. I think they're going to hand this off. Uh, the Niners are a four down front, right? That's how they, they, they want to align and they'll align in it pretty much all the time. This is not a versatile team in terms of how they get their defensive line on the field. Uh, Lions, when rushing against a four down front, uh, their top three in success rate, rushing between the tackles, their top five in success rate. That's where you hit this team. And that's why I like uh, Demo a little bit more then I like Jameer Gibbs, whose number is placed at 47 and a half. Gibbs is obviously the juice, right? He he he's the lightning, he's the the explosiveness. Ooh. But but they like him a little bit better when they're getting those five down fronts, they're going to nose tackle like Bita Vea, and they need to get to the boundary. That's more so where they live with Gibbs. When they need to go between the tackles, they'll go with Demo and just have him get vertical. Uh, Jared Goff throws to the middle of the field. Like like that they that is even more than Brock Purdy, even more than Tua Tiger Baloa. He needs that to be successful. And Fred Warner takes that away from you. Niners, best defense in the league, defending middle of the field. If you are going to open the important area of the field for Jared Goff's passing game to succeed, you need to run directly at Fred Warner. You need to go show him vertical runs right to his mouth. And ideally, you need to punch him in it with Dave Montgomery a few times. So I think you're going to see a big, established Montgomery push from the Lions. Over 44 and a half rushing yards. I'm also personally on like over 55, over 60, like over 70. I'm, I'm all the way up there on Demo. I think it's a big day for him.
1: There you go, Aaron. Thank you. I mean, he's, you're in the lead. So you're giving me the Patrick Mahomes one that we talked yep. about. I've got it. Patrick Ooh, Mahomes. Zay Flowers number just dropped.
0: It's now plus okay. 172, 60 plus. Somebody just hit Zay Flowers big. I will investigate. Okay, Uh,
1: (laughs) I was like, what? I thought he got injured or something. You started yelling to save flowers. No, no. it means
0: means other people are betting on him to go over.
1: I've got Patrick Mahomes over 26 and a half rushing yards. We talked about it earlier. It's an old standby. Just take Patrick Mahomes over rushing yards in the playoffs. You'll be in a good spot. I think there's going to be snaps in this game where he's back there looking. Uh Oh, nobody open. I got nothing. I got to go make a play. And he's going to go make a play. Uh, So he didn't have a big rushing week last week. Didn't really need to. He had guys. He had over 40 in the wild card round. He had over 40 in the Super Bowl uh, last year. Only thing that makes me nervous, Ravens got athletes. So you know they they chased down a uh, a Patrick Mahomes, but Mahomes always finds a way. He's so crafty. So it's not a huge number. He averaged 24.3 rushing yards per game in the regular season. Just has to get to 27 for me to win this bet. All right. There you go. Man, there was a lot uh, to cover there. Coaching yeah. changes, championship games, picks. What do you got?
0: I was just going to say Patrick Mahomes to have at least 40 rushing yards 220. There a worthy go. investment.
1: And a I think you, investment. and I believe so. Like you will have a fan duel. Uh, what do you got coming? You got a, a parlay, a prop? What's coming yeah. up? Uh, yeah. So I, no, I have my fan duel
0: parlay coming up. For those who don't know, when you're in the app, if you look at the top, there's a bunch of like little, you know, recommended bets you can scroll through. There's one that's always from the ringer parlay for the Sunday games. That's built by your boy. And so if you mm. like what Ben was talking about with some of these props, you can find that on the, on the, top, on the top of the screen on Sunday. So if you want to, you want to tail with Ben and sweat it out, see, Ben complains about things on Twitter. Like, why aren't they doing this more? You experience what I experience yeah. on a day-to-day. You, you can join me on that, parlor. Right?
1: There you go. And you're fine. Give us your picks one more time from the pod for the contest. What do you got?
0: I think Christian McCaffrey is going to go under 86 and a half Russian guards against the Lions. I also think David Montgomery is going to go over uh, for the Lions against the Niners, that's my bonus. In Chiefs uh, Ravens, I do like Zay Flowers over 60 receiving yards. That's my long shot of the week. It's right now at plus 172. Uh, my locks of the week, I think Detroit's going to cover plus seven against the Niners. Oh baby, I think it's going to be a good one. And then the Ravens minus three and a half uh, at home against the Chiefs. I think you're seeing a Baltimore 49ers Super Bowl again. Probably put the water gun to my belly. That's what I would pick. But Ravens Lions rematch, man. Detroit looking for for some vengeance off of that mid season embarrassment. I would not be su- I would not be surprised.
1: I've got Brock Purdy over 274.5 passing yards. My long shot, I've got Brandon Ayuk 100-plus receiving yards. I also have Ravens minus 3.5 at home against the Chiefs and Lions plus 7 at the Niners. And then my wild card, Patrick Mahomes over 26.5 rushing yards. All right, there we go. Only one more game to talk about this season. Everyone enjoy the games on Sunday. Championship weekend. Thank you to Cliff Augustine for producing. Thank you to Eduardo Campo for his video production. Additional production supervision by Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramgopal. We will have Nora and Steven dual threat recapping these games Sunday night. And then Solek and I will be back Monday with another episode of Extra Point Taken. Everyone enjoy the games. We'll talk to you next week.
0: Must be 21 plus and present in select states, FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, one 800 9 with in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in maryland visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in west virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in wyoming hope is here visit gamblinghelpline.ma.org ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24 7 support in massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny in new york